Ken, you were pretty busy yesterday. Uh, you were making your way all around Southwest Michigan. Uh, well, actually just down the road for a really good event uh, that uh, not only our friends from the Bering Community Foundation, but a lot of organizations coming together for something, right? Right. Uh, Bering Community Foundation, they do a great job on so many different fronts. Yesterday we were talking about food and here's some statistics to put in your pocket. Current information shows that about 22,000 people in Berrien County, 22,000 people in Berrien County are food insecure. That's about a 14% food insecurity rate. And the state of Michigan overall is below that. There's mm. only 11.5% who are food insecure. So Berrien County has a bigger problem than the rest of the state. And so what that means is people are, are at times finding they don't have the food they want right. or need to feel satisfied. Absolutely. I mean, you go to the grocery store and you see how ridiculous some of these prices are. And, and, you know, a lot of families living paycheck to paycheck, trying to put food on the table and it just, it's not adding up. And so there is a need uh, to help out. And uh, so Bering Community Foundation, who else was there? Yeah. So neighbor to neighbor, it was a, it was a food for good initiative rollout and Bering Community Foundation is rolling out a a bunch of money. Actually, they're directing $36,000 to help eight different food pantries that are already established mm. in Berrien County. Um, Berrien County Foundation Program Director Susan Matheny was there. She says the stress on families is real. As you mentioned, the inflation. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine you're already dealing with the budget issues to pay for your groceries. As inflation hits, your money's buying less. Yeah. Your money's buying less. And so they put are putting $36,000 immediately to help it. But there's a growing gap. And they know that. And so, you know, they're doing what they can. They're asking the community to help with a, a fundraising drive. They want to raise $20,000 from the community. If that happens, when that happens, mm-hmm. let's say, the Berrien Community Foundation will put in another $20,000. Okay. So another $40,000 to help families. That's really awesome. I know yeah. that, yeah, there's a lot of uh, need and a lot, a lot of the food banks. They've said like, hey, we just need, we want to do more, uh, more food distributions. But yeah, it's just they needed to make up the the amount of money to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Feeding America West Michigan was there yesterday with their mobile food pantry. And as we were driving up for the announcement for the Food for Good Mm -hmm. event, uh, we couldn't get into the parking lot. And it was a huge parking lot because the cars were so stacked up Mm -hmm. waiting for the food distribution. I know anytime I've ever, whether it be the SMCAA or with uh, Bering Community Foundation or any of these organizations that I've been able to go to uh, volunteer with those that, you know, they'll say, okay, we're going to start it at five o'clock or, or at this time, there's already cars all the way down the road as far as the eye can see. So you know that that need is great yep. uh, and people are, uh, are are showing up and, and showing up more often to a lot of those food distributions because they need it. Yeah, and they appreciate it. Yeah. Now, that was the point that was stressed several times is you, you see the eyes of the people who are collecting the donations and, and using those to feed their families. Mm-hmm. They're very appreciative of, of what they're they're receiving. Um, for some people, it's a it's a it's a short term fix. Yeah. And and having that that lifeline to sustenance mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. Really important. Yeah, no, I was uh, at one point I was the uh, the potato man. <laughs> uh, 
I always, I usually, usually just give myself a name We're for all whatever my job you. is. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm a potato man, okay. and I would just, you know, distribute the potatoes or something like that. Very or I nice. was the, you know, the box guy. They just filled the boxes so for them. So you didn't wear like a big potato outfit. No, but I should <laughs> next time. Maybe what I'll do next time I volunteer is I will call ahead and say, okay, what's my job going to be? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find an appropriate outfit for that. Yeah, yeah, but. The, Go ahead. I, I was just going to say the key here is the resources and Bering <clears throat> Community Foundation for putting the, the resources together in a couple of different ways there yeah. through the fundraising, through the direct grant. Important. Uh, they also rely all the mobile food pantries, not in not just in Bering County, mm -hmm. not just in Michigan, throughout the nation. They rely on resources from the federal government. Right. You know, when they have a debt ceiling debate, though, and that puts some of that in question, there's some anxiety created. Absolutely. And that's uh, that's been uh, very stressful for them. And even like, you know, with with the Brain Community Foundation, when the stock market goes all over the place, they're like, yeah, that that also will affect how some of these uh, these these funds will, uh, you know, accrue money. And so that means they may not be able to give as much money. Exactly. Um, so the debt ceiling, that's uh, that's still a thing. We're still dealing with that. Uh, <laughs> are we raising the roof yet? What's going on? We're raising the roof. Well, we'll see. Today at the White House, uh, congressional leaders and the president are getting together. We've been waiting for this summit, the debt ceiling mm -hmm. summit for a week now. Uh, the president, the two key players there are the president and, and House Speaker Kevin yeah. McCarthy. Because, you know, the Senate is a Democrat majority and you've got the House is a Republican majority and you've got the Democrat White House. How are we going to come together on uh, agreeing whether or not to raise the debt ceiling? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the House of Representatives under uh, Kevin McCarthy has leverage now. The president yeah. saw that they were able to pass something which in, in the close majority of the House is not, not easy for mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy. So he said, look, this is what I can get through, but I can only get a debt ceiling increase through if you if you agree to take a look at some spending, future spending, and make some cuts. Uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, says, you know, this is what I can do. This mm -hmm. is the best I can do with the majority that I have. Uh, the president says, no, it should be clean, just raise the debt ceiling. We, you know, this is this is to help pay for stuff we've already committed to. We're already obligated the the stuff we've already spent. What we need to do is fix this now so the country doesn't get anxiety, and then go forward and we can talk about some reforms later on. So that it's that later on kicking mm -hmm. the can part, yeah, that kind of has gotten us into this issue. Yeah, that's the stressful part when yeah. it's like, oh yeah, we well, let's not approve this for the year. Let's just uh, let's stretch it out for another week or two, and then yeah, they just keep having these meetings and you'd think at some point they'd be like all right well these uh these are stressful conversations let's uh and i know the entire country's stressing out let's just uh reduce that a little bit and and fix these problems yeah that, and the closing on this is is time short the treasury secretary has already said the u.s could start defaulting on mm -hmm. its current obligations as early as June 1st if there's no deal potential outcomes on this it's funny because they talk everywhere everywhere from the kumbaya moment where they all you know clasp mm -hmm. hands and say yeah we're going to do this together to total economic chaos so we'll see what happens what do you think happens at these summits do you think there's like snacks or do you think he does like a there's like a cookout or something like little cucumber sandwiches yeah yeah probably maybe some beer would help or yeah like I think yeah just a laid back you know <laughs> t-shirt and shorts just uh, grilling out and uh, having a conversation over some some drinks. <laughs> I think they, that'd be great. They probably have that really good White House coffee 
and that's about it. Uh, is there good? You've have you been to the White House yes. and had their coffee? Is it is I, it that good? I've been to the White House. I can't remember if I've had the coffee or not. Oh, okay, but uh, it's it's they do it right there because the the whole culinary part of the White House is yeah. different and separate, and they last across administrations. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. So they 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 do it right. They do it right. Did you uh, yesterday? Did you put ga- gas in the uh, the vehicle? <sighs> I did. You did? I did. I didn't even look at how much I was paying, but it was a lot. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you finally did that because uh, I know a lot of our our team. They. Uh, oh no! Are you they, talking about no, the, yeah. news you take the news or vehicle or my vehicle? No, yeah. I didn't take. Oh, the you news took week. your vehicle to the to the I thing took yesterday. My vehicle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because we got to check that. Uh, the WSJM. Did you, did you run it on empty again? No, I didn't. I ne- I never do because this is my uh, my anxiety that I have when yes. it comes to gas. Not only is it is it stressful, and I usually close my eyes when I'm pumping uh, the gas in the car, which is probably not a good idea. Uh, but usually, I'm not looking at the price. But then in the car, usually when it gets to about quarter tank, yeah, that's where I usually think, all right. Quarter tank is is empty in my mind. Yeah. Fill it back up. Yeah. So technology, I you know, you can kind of trust it. And I appreciate the warning that my gas tank is low. But I started the day yesterday. My car said, you have about 65 miles yeah. left before you have to start walking. And I just went a couple of places. And then it's all of a sudden it said, seven miles left. And it's that point where I feel the anxiety. I will say I pushed it. I've oh, gone dear. down to zero. And still been able to make it. Do you think they the still give station? you a little bit more? Yeah, they definitely give you some more. What if they didn't? Uh, <laughs> then you then you be walking. Hopefully, you got some good walking shoes to get to uh, the gas station. Oh goodness! Uh, but yeah, gas prices have been uh, they've been been going down. Yes, which is nice. I've seen as low as I think three forty one national average, about three fifty four. Uh, so we're dealing with that, but that means. Uh, uh, it's a little bit cheaper than Sunday, almost eight cents less than it was in the last week. Compared to a year ago, we were paying almost 80 cents less, mm. if that uh, upsets you a little bit more. Mm. Well, and and just in time for the summer blend, which will kick in, uh, I think, yes. in June, right? The nice summer June blend. 1st. Does the summer blend, is that cheaper? I thought it was more expensive. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, we got that to look forward to. We'll see. I want to get outside. Go do something today. I want to be stuck in here. Yeah, let's go. Let's go outside. Let's do the rest of the show outside. How long is this cord? Uh, <laughs> I think we could roll it out the window. I think so. Let's do it. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a little landing. Just toss it down there. We'll, we'll hang Picnic out by table. the patio down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, busy day today. We've got uh, Greg Eating from uh, Lakeshore Public Schools going to be joining yeah. us. But yeah, it was a, less than an hour. Less than an hour. He'll be here if he's if he's prompt, if he's tardy. Big problem. I'm sure he'll be on time. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about the election. That was just a week ago, right? Mm-hmm. Time mm-hmm. flies. Yeah, so we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, speaking of talking, I'm uh, going to have a great conversation with Got Something to Say. And I always love to chat with uh, area nonprofit organizations and groups that are doing some great stuff in our community. And if you're part of one, feel free to reach out. Email let's talk at wsjm.com. You can also uh, call 925 WSJM. You all right over there? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Didn't drop the microphone again. Just my mouth yeah, is getting out of you, control. I've noticed you have like been very careful today, <laughs> not touching knobs, things yeah. and always tightening stuff. So that's that's good. Uh, got something to say brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. My guest today is Peter Cook from the North Berrien Historical Museum. Peter, how you doing, man? 
Doing wonderful, Johnny. Very excited to talk to you about uh, some of the great uh, events and things that you guys have coming up. But the last time we spoke, we talked about uh, your poetry contest where people could enter. And then uh, you actually, I, I remember recently seeing on your uh, your Facebook page uh, where people could vote on that. Uh, so first, give me a little little bit of a quick uh, update background and then tell me some of the uh, the contest winners. Yeah, so that is the Southwest Michigan Poetry Contest, where we invite people to construct a poem specifically for the contest around the celebrating uh, Southwest Michigan and all its features and you know the the unique aspects of Southwest Michigan. And uh, that is done. The voting, as you mentioned, is done through both Facebook for the People's Choice, where we simply put up all of the eligible poems on our Facebook page, which you can find North Berrien Historical Museum if you search that on Facebook. People vote by liking it, reacting to it, and then those are tallied up and the winner of the People's Choice is chosen that way. But we also do have the Judge's Choice uh, because our collaborators for the contest include the Waterville District Library and the Coloma Public Library. They put they assembled a panel of judges to determine the winner of the judge's choice. Okay, so do you need uh, a drum roll or anything like that to uh, to announce the winners? <laughs> yeah, cue the sound effect. There you go. So I, yeah, I would like to announce the winners. So yeah, we'll start with the judges' choice uh, in the uh, the adult judges' choice winner with the poem "Drive-In Picture Shows" is. Sheridilia Wilt Fong. Uh, so once again, all these can be seen and read on our Facebook page. So congratulations to her for winning the adult judge's choice. Uh, the student judge's choice winner went to Abby Duffel for her poem, The Love of Michigan. We're going to make a, a so, you know, even by the title, you can tell it's <laughs> celebrating <laughs> Absolutely. the area. And for the people's choice winner was Kim Kibbe in the adult category for her poem, The Comfy Life. And the student People's Choice winner went to the poet Via Darling for the uh, poem titled Be Here Now. I don't think it had anything to do with uh, the band Oasis, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably uh, Be Here Now and the, the love of Michigan, just saying like, you know, what are you waiting for? If you're not from, or if you're not coming to S Southwest Michigan and you haven't been to Michigan before, you need to be here now. Be, I, be I here agree. Now. Yeah. Exactly. I just wanted to acknowledge the honorable mentions also went to Pearl Allard, Zoe, Zoelle Allard, and Evelyn Wygend as well. So those are honorable mentions in the contest. So congratulations to all of them. They won a uh, gift basket that was courtesy of the Southwest Michigan Tourist Council, who were also one of our sponsors for the event, the Waterfleet District Libraries and Coloma library also had some uh, prizes in there and they want to all winners and honorable mentions received a one-year membership to the North Berrien Historical Museum. That is awesome. Uh, and then, uh, you, like you said, you can read those poems if you'd like uh, over at your uh, your Facebook page. Just search for North Berrien Historical Museum. Uh, let's dive into some of the, uh, the great events that you have coming up, Peter. I know you got some good ones. Uh, let's start with Tuesday, May 16th, 7 p.m. Uh, what's happening uh, on that day? Yeah, that's going to be a cool one. We have Matt Van Ecker coming to the museum. He is the director for the Michigan Capital Tourist Service 
in Lansing, and he oversees uh, the Capitol's collection of the Michigan battle flags. That includes uh, battle flags used in the Civil War that, you know, were battle flag. Yeah, they have this huge collection there, and he is he has this save the flags ongoing uh, effort to just uh, keep them they're very fragile they're uh, sure. unfortunately it is it is up front it's important to emphasize that he is not bringing the flag collection to the museum <laughs> they okay. can't be taken off site uh, but okay. you will be talking about the efforts to restore and preserve those battle flags used by Michigan soldiers that's really cool. And so uh, he won't, you know, physically bring them, but of course, probably have presentation. And so people that have maybe never seen these flags and tell that story and see those as well. Uh, and so that's again happening Tuesday, May 16th, seven o'clock. And that will be at the museum, correct? That is at the North Berrien Historical Museum in Coloma. We're right across Red Arrow Highway from Coloma High School. And it is it's a free presentation and no RSVP required either. Awesome. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great event. I'm sure a well-attended event as well. Um, Cause I know there's a lot of people that love like civil war history and just the, you know, great history of, of our community. And another thing that, you know, people love is coffee and donuts yeah. and why not pair those with great conversation about history. And I, I, that's why I love the series that you guys do. They, I like my history with coffee and cream. You got another one coming up on Thursday, the 18th, right? Yep, Thursday, May 18th, 10 a.m. Uh, what we'll be doing, these these are more casual uh, affairs. They're not like uh, presentations yeah. so much as they're often little discussions. They're smaller groups usually. And uh, we are going to be, for this one, we're going to be going through the newspaper database that the Coloma Public Library has available online. It covers, the, it has the... Waterfleet record, the Coloma Courier, and the Tri-City record going back to, I think, like 1880s up to now, the the scans of all the newspapers in there that you can search. So we're going to go over how to utilize that database for people, just as a demonstration, because we, as staff here at the Northbury Historical Museum, access that daily. We're very familiar with how it's used, but for those who are not familiar and want to use it for research, uh, it's just an opportunity to learn how to use that efficiently. That's really awesome. And what was the the year range? You said it goes back a wide ways, but that is all yeah. the way up until like yeah. recent times. Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the earliest articles in there date back to the 1880s, and there's stuff that the library keeps it updated. So it's into the 2020s that it goes up to. You can re- search search some pretty recent history in there as well. That is really cool. And I like you said, there is so much history and to be able to navigate through that stuff, because I was just having a conversation about that the other day, like, man, I know there used to be something here in this town uh, back in the 80s, but how am I supposed to find that stuff? And there are, uh, between this and uh, uh, other local libraries, there may be a, a great uh, record of a lot of those newspapers. So uh, definitely learn how to navigate that stuff. Uh, and so, like you said, that's Thursday, May 18th, 10 a.m. And that will be at the museum as well, right? And I know you're bringing the coffee and donuts, right? You got it. Yeah, I'll be importing sweet waters from Kalamazoo that morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, you know, all those uh, Facebook stories that we we do that we we post on the history of different buildings and uh, and businesses in the area, we're utilizing that database for some of that information. So it's a great tool. 
Absolutely. Fantastic resource. Uh, another great thing, uh, and like you mentioned earlier, when uh, the poetry contest winners will get a, uh, a complimentary one-year membership to the museum. And membership to the museum is, it has its benefits. Not only uh, can you, of course, go to the museum and enjoy all that stuff, but you also, uh, on a regular basis, do members-only trips. And you have one of those coming up uh, in June. Tell me about that. Yeah, so for our uh, latest members-only trip, we are going to be taking a trip down to the New Buffalo Railroad Museum, which I, I have not uh, been to yet myself. I, we, we had uh, Major Hisman from the, that organization present mm -hmm. a few years ago on the Pier Marquette here at the museum, but I've been meaning to get down there myself. They are, to my understanding, it's a really cool museum. I know they Absolutely. have a replica. They have a replica of the Pure Marquette Railroad Depot. Mm -hmm. Have you been there before? You know, I uh, I lived in New Buffalo for a little while. I've I've I know they've been doing some even some updates and some renovations with some things. I have not yeah. had a chance to go there, but I, from what I hear from anybody that has gone, is it is a must see. You got to go and see the cool stuff. And like you said, you're taking that trip uh, even for yourself. You know, like you said, you haven't been there, so it's it's a personal thing as well as uh, bringing all the members to go check it out too. Yeah, yeah, they have a CNO Chessie caboose as well as a yeah. boxcar on site too. So for train enthusiasts, it's a must see, I'm told. And, yeah. it really, and really, you know, like history, it's, it, there's a like a reconditioned World War II trooper sleeper car there. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm ready to check it out. That's uh, happening Thursday, June 8th. And we, uh, if you're interested in joining us for that trip, all you have to do is become a member. You can find details on our website, NorthBarryAndHistory.org, or just get in touch with us at 468-3330. Uh, for membership details, it is very affordable. It is very for affordable to become a member of the North Marion Historical Society. And, yeah, looking forward to that trip. Yeah, that's awesome. And so will you leave from the museum and kind of head down that way, or is everybody meeting you at the museum, uh, at the well, museum yeah, in New Buffalo? There's the option to carpool or meet us okay. there. Yep. Awesome. Definitely want to check out these events and more. And like we mentioned earlier, check out those poetry contest winners uh, on your social media. Uh, best place for us to find you. Let's go with uh, your Facebook page first. Yep. North Brand Historical Museum. You search that on Facebook. You will find us. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We post very regularly content in the history of Coloma, Waterbleet, Hager, and Bainbridge. And uh, yeah, our uh, website is NorthBarrenHistory.org. Definitely want to check out all that cool stuff. Uh, I know you're going to keep yourself busy as you always do, Peter, but thank you so much for taking a little time and talking to me about all the cool things happening at the North Barron Historical Museum. Anytime, Johnny. And if you'd like to be part of Got Something to Say, real easy to get a hold of me. You can email let's talk at wsjm.com. Somebody just emailed me yesterday. It was great. So I'd uh, love to get you on the schedule. Uh, 925-WSJM, leave me a voicemail and give me some info that way as well. Got Something to Say brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. He is here. We have a special <laughs> guest. Uh, Ken, who do we have in here this morning? Today we are honored, humbled, to and privileged to have our Lakeshore Public Schools Superintendent Greg Eating in the studio. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Thanks Good for morning. joining us. Thank you. 
great. It's been a week now since the special yeah, election. Yeah. yeah, May 2nd, uh, special elections. There were a lot of school bond proposals in Berrien County. Yours was one of the few that actually passed. So congratulations on that. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah, we were very excited that it passed. Um, passed by a slim 88 votes. Um, very high voter turnout for our area as far as uh, special May election goes. Mm -hmm. um, over 4,400 people, I think, came out and voted. And so in that whole 4,400 people, we yeah. won by 88 votes. So That's um, it was an exciting time for us because we haven't passed a bond since 2013. So it's been 10 years. Can you remind us what was the bond covering? Our bond is covering basic priority needs. Okay. So what we're talking about are uh, roof, you know, roof replacements, um, not the entire roof replacement, but some roof replacement, yeah. uh, parking lots, um, boiler systems. Um, we have some old electrical panels, things like mm -hmm. that, that we need to replace. We have the high school fire alarm system that needs to be replaced. Some really honestly basic priority needs that, that need to happen. What do you think the difference was? And one thing I, I we talked about beforehand mm -hmm. was I commended you on the transparency of explaining exactly what you were asking for, what the money would go to. And, and you did a lot of homework, yeah. so to speak, prior to even thinking about what you were going to put on the ballot. So maybe explain that process. Yeah. So last fall, um, with help of our um, awesome school board, we put together a survey uh, we actually hired a survey company okay. and they surveyed our entire district, um, both families that have kids in the district and tried to get as many people to take it that didn't have kids in the district as yeah. well. So we had 1,400 people take that survey. About a third of them were out, didn't have kids in the district anymore, which is an awesome number to get. And out of that, we found out what, what people would support as far as facility needs in the district. Um, and that really narrowed us in on the bond proposal that we had, which is a basic priority needs right. bond proposal. Um, we had a lot of options on there that did that were above that. It really started honing in on what the difference is between our wants in the district and our needs in the district. And um, we, again, those priority needs are what people said they would support. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. There, there were several school boards that or school bond issues that didn't pass. Buchanan was one of them that I think they were going for the second time around on asking that question. What do you what what do you do as a school superintendent when your bond is put out there a couple of times and it just doesn't pass? I think what you have to do is um, really just start asking yourself, you know, maybe ask yourself the question of why. You know, why didn't it pass for your specific district? Every district's a little bit different, has some different uh, dynamics in it of yeah. what's happening. So, I mean, right now we have people facing a potential recession. I think that was a big question mark economy. Um, I think when you read the newspaper out, you saw the superintendent quotes in there were mostly about the economy. And I completely agree with that. Um, I think what do you do? Again, you ask questions, you start re-engaging with your community um, you start evaluating what it is that, you know, what strategy you use to try and get the information out to people. Um, all of those things. I, I can't really speak for any one of those districts altogether, sure. but I will say that I think they're run by amazing people and I, mm -hmm. I trust them wholeheartedly that they'll figure it out. When is, when is superintendent appreciation day? Yeah. We were wondering that. Is that, is that, does that exist? <laughs> yeah. I think it's on like 
December 32. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably in July at yeah. some point when all yeah. the, the teachers and the Everyone's students are gone and everybody's <laughs> on vacation. Uh, but we're talking with uh, Superintendent Greg Eating from Lakeshore Public Schools. And, you know, Greg, had you not done the the surveying and, the, and all of that and you would have said, you know, all right, well, these are our needs and our wants and we're just going to, you know, throw it out there and see what happens and, and had that not passed. What would have happened for your district had this bond not passed? What, what would you do then? Yeah, that's a good question. I think we would, um, I think we would have to really start asking ourselves what funds do we have available mm -hmm. to start meeting some of these issues that come up. So um, you start really having to shift funds that you had saved up in some areas. Um, you know, we try to do a good job of saving for specific projects right. that we think might come up. So you start shifting some of those funds that you might have saved for that and putting it into some other areas. So um, I don't, I, specifically, I would say, you know, it's not like we save money to replace the parking lot. The high school right. parking lot alone is $3 million to replace. So, that yeah. is crazy. I know. It's crazy. It's big money and people don't know necessarily realize that. So and that's just one parking lot one parking and one, lot, one building in the whole entire building, district. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, um, you think about your driveway, right. resurfacing your driveway is a crazy amount yeah. of money. Think yeah. about the Lakeshore parking lot at the yeah. high school. Yeah, the big parking lot there. It's huge. The kids take care of it. You should make them shovel it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do snow plow it. So. All right. <laughs> wow. That's just, a, I mean, it's great to have that. Uh, and then, uh, like you said, the needs and wants. And you've got some other things that are uh, in the works uh, over there at Lakeshore Public Schools. Some big things happening. And, and we were talking about this earlier about... Uh, uh, how, and I'm sure a lot of teachers are thinking about this, is artificial intelligence is something that's been in the news quite a lot. Uh, how do you think that's either going to help or hurt uh, a school district? Because I know uh, when I was a kid, we didn't really get to use the internet all that much. Now kids can just pretty much type in, hey, do this book report for me, and then it's done. H how do you combat some of that stuff? I'm not sure the combat word is correct. Yeah. You know, I think what you have to do is ask yourself what changes sure. with education and learning. So, I mean, at the end of the day, kids still need to learn to read. They need to learn to write well. Mm -hmm. And they need to learn to do things like mathematics and think critically. So, um, can AI help us in those areas? I think it can. Um, you know, when the calculator came out, Right. I think all the math teachers thought the end of the world was happening. <laughs> I was a math teacher, yeah. you know, and I was, I wasn't around when the first calculators came out. I can say that, but, um, not too far after, you know, my father was a high school teacher mm -hmm. and he had one of the first calculators that was in his school when he was teaching. And, um, that was a big deal back then. Right. All it did is add, subtract, multiply, and divide, and it didn't do any scientific calculations at all. So I think when the calculator came out, teachers had to think about how they're going to teach differently. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't change necessarily mathematics, right? Right. It added an opportunity to think differently about how you're going to teach mathematics. I think AI is going to be the same way. So we need to really start understanding what that tool can do for us and then utilize that tool for learning purposes along the way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's easy to say. It's much right. harder to do. Yeah. So. Well, and a lot of people are thinking about this. And on the one side, you had Elon Musk and others saying, hey, wait, AI is moving so fast. We need to pause it. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you had people like Bill Gates saying, that's not going to work. Right. And I mean, he's been thinking about this for a long time. He had start, started meeting with the folks from ChatGPT back in, I think he said, 2016. And he said, I have a challenge for you guys. Make it come back and do a biology test. Uh, 40 questions and mm-hmm. get everything right. It came back a few years later and got all but one right, AI. Oh. And he said this presents tremendous opportunities for health and for education. Mm-hmm. And just pausing it, that'll only pause the good guys. It won't pause the bad guys because that's kind of the fear of AI is the bad guys are going to get a hold of it and do bad things with mm-hmm. it. But you're thinking we can harness for good. I'm more like thinking about how it's going to handle, how education is going to handle it. Right. So. The world, I definitely think there needs to be some checks and balances along the way. Um, probably some legislation along the way of how things happen. Oh, no, don't introduce that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think we need to. You heard re- about the debt ceiling debate, right? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't okay. really care much about that, to be honest with you at the moment. But I would say, you know, ChatGPT is just one example. But, you know, even like your phone and how the facial recognition software in your phone works, mm-hmm. that's all AI. You know, it, it retailers so that as you get older and your face changes a little bit, it still is going to recognize you, mm-hmm. you know? So those are all things that happen um, even without you knowing it right now. So um, learns things along the way. So I think what, you know, Chad GPT is going to do, um, we just need to understand really the basic, basic functions of what that software and what those programs are doing and then be able to put the parameters around it so that, it doesn't get a little bit um, wonky. Right. A little, yeah. little Terminator-like, if, <laughs> if you want to think of it that way. Well, it certainly creates, like you said, a lot of opportunities for not only education and, and new advances, because you've seen, uh, we've seen it now in, in this generation with robotics, how much that's that's changed, not only, uh, you know, activities for kids to do, but under, getting uh, to understand a lot of that stuff. And, and you learn, and then there's great jobs uh, ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the job market will definitely change just like it has all right. along, right? I mean, right now, what we probably don't even know what jobs are going to be available for some of the graduates we have in high school. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what's kind of fun and exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Do you have bottom line advice on how either parents or teachers should be talking or thinking about AI with their kids? I would say, just like anything, you need to be... Um, communicating with your kids, asking them lots of questions, um, asking to see some of the things that they're doing, um, challenging them to think critically along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's teach our kids to be good thinkers along the way. I think that's a really important thing. Absolutely. Well, uh, Superintendent Greg Eating is. Oh, you got one more? Teacher, impression, teacher Appreciation Week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Can we talk about that? Sure, yeah. Okay. Teacher Appreciation Week. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to say to teachers? Uh, I would say thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, that I would say in my own personal life, some of the most important people that have ever touched my life have been teachers. Yeah. And um, I, w- I think that that's the case for a lot of people. I mean, most of us have that favorite teacher that we can remember in our, in our brain and how that person impacted our life. And I think that's what this week is about, an opportunity to say thank you to them, an opportunity to remember and, you know, reach out, send a note, send an email, send a text, you know, let people know, hey, you're really appreciated. Um, I wouldn't be here without you. And thank you. Yeah. So drop off an apple. 
Drop that, off. That's a, the thing. Drop right? off a gift Still, card, maybe. There you go. An Apple <laughs> gift card. There you go. There you nice. go. Nice. Well, Greg Eating, uh, superintendent for Lakeshore Public Schools. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Absolutely. This morning. Thank you for having me. It's Appreciate great. it. And and for those who can't see, just know he's wearing his Lakeshore Lancers red. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's bright red. Go Lancers. <laughs> we were talking yesterday about orange cone season. How oh, it's yeah. just a. It's the most wonderful time of the year where they uh, they start to bloom, and they're blooming more and more this year. Orange cones. Uh, but some of them going away in some areas uh, already, oh, yeah. which is which is pretty nice. That's right. The uh, Out on M63 by Whirlpool Corporation's global headquarters, they had closed M63 in that area, and there was a little detour around, kind mm-hmm. of inconvenient. Uh, so they could build a tunnel that would connect trails. Yeah. So great, great tunnel. Mm-hmm. And we've got video of that up on WSJM.com. Uh, they were thinking that they might have the M63 back open uh, tomorrow, but it's it's open today. It is. It's open today. The, I, I have, to all traffic. I have confirmed eyewitness reports. People are driving right through. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's open. They cleared it up. That's really awesome. There's still some signs around there, so do be careful. Yeah, there's probably road work ahead. Watch out. And maybe maybe a few uh, stray cones here and there yeah. that just haven't been uh, plucked. Picked up. Plucked <laughs> yet. Harvested. <laughs> Harvested, yes. <laughs> um, but then I think what they're doing is they moved them over to over here on Napier. That's, oh, that's we've they got so them. many cones on Napier. So you have the sidewalk project mm-hmm. on the on the west. Is it the west side? Yeah, sure. It's the west side, and then on the east side of Napier, as you head toward ninety four and over, uh, or before that, they've got it closed off because they're doing a lot of road resurfacing and road. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Milling? Is that it? Sure. <laughs> Road grinding. My my brother's in the uh, the asphalt paving industry, and I have no idea what's going on. Can we talk but. about the new technology with that thing? Oh yeah, man, the electric one. Yeah, so yeah, his company has a, a electric paver. They do they don't do like highways and stuff. They do yeah. more like parking lots and and uh, driveways and and you know residential areas, not the big old highway ones. The highway ones you see those, and those are massive oh, things. Yeah, they're, and they're pouring the hot asphalt into there, and it's it's messing with the road and out comes a really nice road. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, the amazing technology that they have with all of that. Uh, he he loves, uh, you know, talking about some of those things. I mean, he himself has not really had to pave a road, Yeah. Uh, but he's been able to help uh, show people how to use all the equipment. But yeah, he was telling me the other day about, uh, yeah, we have an electric powered That's one. That's so cool. Because usually they're diesel powered, yeah. big engines. Oh, yeah. and. Now they're uh, another one of those industries that's looking at uh, electric-powered technology, which is uh, pretty exciting stuff. Not sure, you know, how long that stuff will last. Who knows? Because, you know, you look at, you know, some of these pavers maybe are 30, 40 years old um, when they're going down either the highway or you see them wherever. So it's just, uh, it's it's an exciting time, though, in in, in industrial world with all that. Well, if they're doing parking lots, you can just run the extension cord. Absolutely. The- yeah. I don't know if that's safe, but uh, <laughs> no, they've, they've got a little bit more high powered batteries to be able to do all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, should we talk about Van Buren? Yeah. Let's talk about that. All right. So what's uh, the latest on that? So um, this is one that many people have been following a, a, a tragic story. A suspect in the killing of a Van Buren County Road Commission worker, Renee Rangel, has been arrested and charged. The Van Buren County Prosecuting off- Prosecutor's Office yesterday announcing that they have authorized the following charges against an unnamed adult, an unnamed okay. adult suspect for the March 3rd incident that happened at County Road 681 and 48th Avenue in Lawrence Township. So the charges are operating while intoxicated, 
causing death, that carries a 15-year um, penalty. It's a felony. Wow. Moving violation causing death in a work or school bus zone, also a 15-year felony. And operation without security of a motor vehicle, a one-year misdemeanor. So the suspect was arrested Monday, yesterday, by the Michigan State Police, is lodged at the Van Buren County Jail, awaiting arraignment on the charges. And according to the initial report, Wrangell, a Dwajak resident, was holding a traffic control sign mm-hmm. north bound 681 when he was struck by a Dodge pickup truck driven Mm -hmm. by a 30-year-old Hartford man. Troopers said the driver failed to follow traffic controls, rear-ended a stopped Chevy pickup after trying to pass it, and while attempting to pass, struck uh, Wrangell. So so Yeah, a a sad story, a tragic story. You know, the work zones, it's it's no joke. It's no joke. I know we talk about orange cone season and how that's that time of year, but it's, it, that's, they're there for a reason. They were there, and, and that's why they're, you know, that far away sometimes and warning you and you have all of these signs. Those are not just, oh, I'll just ignore that stuff. You got to be mindful of all of those things. And if you happen to see even just a a worker truck on the side of the road collecting some of those things and harvesting some of those orange cones or doing any of that stuff, you got to be mindful of lowering your speed, being safe, moving out of the way. Uh, And I mean, we're in that time of year. Not only do we have construction, we still have school going on. So there's just, just pay attention. Pay attention. As much as you can. Yeah, it's a life and death death situation. And so by all means, follow all the rules of the road. You see orange, slow down, figure Mm -hmm. it out. And, and and make sure that you understand behind that control sign, the traffic control sign, there's somebody. Absolutely. With family. Absolutely. And they're not protected with no. much. I mean, they just got their, their vest to warn you. Truck. Yeah. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, also, I noticed when I was driving home yesterday, um, uh, there was a, a sheriff's posse <laughs> uh, escort, which was really cool with, uh, yeah, the posse. On horseback? No, no, no. They're at the sheriff's posse on uh, motorcycles. Oh, very nice. Uh, they were doing the um, uh, the escort for the um, the Blossom Time Queens as they are oh. making their, uh, what is it? They go, their Goodwill Tour, I think okay. they call it. They go to different communities and they, you know, stop by. I remember when I was a kid and I was like, oh, the Queens are here. This yeah. is cool. Um, so they're they're making stops at a lot of area schools just to, you know, say hey and uh, get, get excited for the big parade that's on Saturday. The motorcycle escort. Mm-hmm. Now that takes skill. Oh, because yeah. Because those are heavy bikes. They're not, sometimes they're not well balanced (laughs) and it takes skill in order to operate those at slow speed. I've seen, uh, I've seen even some of our Berrien County Sheriff's guys uh, that are so talented with all of that stuff. They're able to weave in and out of stuff, but even uh, do like what you'll see in the parade with the Indianapolis uh, posse that uh, has, they're able to do tricks. They're able to stand on it. Mm -hmm. They're able to, you know, do all kinds of things. Uh, really cool things. And that's just one of the things you'll see in the parade. Oh, that's fun. The parade, Blossom Time Grand Floral Parade is happening this weekend. There are some route detours and parking restrictions. Should we talk about that? Absolutely, because that's something that uh, probably will happen as soon as, uh, my guess is Friday evening into Saturday morning. So road closures and detours will begin at 10 a.m. on Saturday. They won't reopen till 4 p.m. As Johnny said, we'll have some additional cones popping mm-hmm. up here and there. So just be cognizant of that. The Bicentennial Bridge to Benton Harbor will also be closed to all masted boats 
during this time. So if you've got a boat with a big old tall thing in it, you can't get through the bridge during yeah. during that period of time. Traffic coming in and out of St. Joseph will be detoured. Drivers will not be able to park on streets near the parade route starting at 6 a.m. Wow. Lots of stuff. Yeah. And you can mark your spot, right? Can't you, can I put my chair down? You can put your chair down, not for your car, but for yourself okay. and, uh, and get a good spot to watch the parade. There's a whole list of things that you now mm-hmm. need to think about as you're uh, going to be in and around the parade route this weekend. So go to the website, WSJM.com, and you can see all the stuff there. Yeah, I'm going to be there on Saturday morning for the Run for the Buds. Ooh, nice. Uh, so that's, that's always the fun part because it's like, wait. I need to get there, but I got to get through these four <laughs> barriers. And anytime you get out of a vehicle and you move the the, the road closed barrier, <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of a, a rush because oh, yeah. it's like, oh, I, I'm definitely probably breaking the law No, here. no, you're a VIP. Oh, okay. So you can do this. That cone doesn't speak to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can move it, but I'm going to move it back. So you've been down there when you've, when you've heard me say, do you know who I am? <laughs> And they're like, no. Are there can, crickets in the distance yeah. going to... Uh, My face used to be on a van once. <laughs> Don't you see it? Uh, so, no, that's going to be great. Uh, I think you can still get signed up for that run for the buds if you want to enjoy that. How far is uh, it? Do we know? I think it's a 5K. Okay. I think they I might might have a 10K, but I'm not 100% uh, right. positive on that. So, that should be a fun one. You, you, uh, you're probably the one-mile fun run kind of person. Boy, right? at this, at this, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. In my day, I, I did a few of the 5Ks. And oh, yeah? I did a 10K. I did, I did a turkey run in Niles. Oh, yeah? And I didn't realize there there's so many darn hills and Niles. You know, I walked that 5K oh and thought, man, I'm not. I, <laughs> Where did these I'm hills come from? I'm walking this thing and, and I'm looking at my my distance and I'm like, I've only gone one and a half miles. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> but it is nice to, to visit all the beautiful yeah. areas uh, and doing all those 5Ks. I will say the amount of 5K, 10K shirts that I have. Yeah certainly outweighs the amount of actual 5Ks and 10Ks I've actually competed in. Ah. Very, very big difference there. As long as they're comfortable shirts. They are. Yeah. I wore one yesterday. Oh. For the Lori's Place Run, Walk, and run, walk and Rock. That was a uh, nice shirt. That was a very nice shirt. Yeah. You didn't even feel it. I should have had you touch it. It looked shiny. It was. It's a very nice shirt. Uh, and that's coming up as well. So uh, we're going to try and uh, get a hold of our friends from uh, Lori's Place to talk about that a little bit later on uh, at some point on the show. But if you want to, like we said, check out any of those uh, road closures or anything else you need to yep. know about what's happening in the community, WSJM.com and the WSJM app. You all right there? You gonna... Yeah, I'm just playing with the microphone again. <laughs> Don't let it fall on Tempting you, man. Tempting <laughs> Your Moody on the Market update where we tell you about some of those stories can be is brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles. And not only do we talk about Southwest Michigan's business, but also uh, some, you know, national business and, and things that are happening that may soon come to our area oh, yeah. uh, in a fast food place near you. Potentially coming soon to a drive through near you. Artificial intelligence. We talked last hour with Greg Eating. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things I pointed out was, hey, artificial intelligence, uh, one of the new gurus is saying it could replace as much as 80%, probably more, 80% of human jobs. Oh, wow. In the coming years. 
So what are they? So what are they doing with artificial intelligence in the fast food place? Because they are they. I've, I have seen <laughs> robots that have been able yeah. to everything from flipping burgers to filling, uh, you know, bags with fries and all that stuff. So what? What else are they doing? One of the fun experiences going through a drive-through is talking to the person on the little speaker that's been sitting out in the weather for forty years. Uh -huh. Well, they are now automating the drive-through service using artificial intelligence, a chat bot that Wendy's has been working on with mm. Google. They say it's powered by a natural language software. And if you're not paying attention, they say you may not even know you're talking to a robot. Oh. A chatbot. Yeah. They say it'll be very conversational. You'll be able to say things like, I want the JBC. Okay. For the junior bacon cheeseburger. Mm. Or you can say, I want a biggie bag. Oh, so you can use like the, the short terms yeah. and the slang things yeah. for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you may be, you know, think driving and speaking for AI has, has gone to a whole new world because you can just say whatever slang item, they're going to serve it up. You're done. Never knew you didn't talk to a human. So if I go to Wendy's and ask for a Big Mac... <laughs> They're going to just Maybe say, they'll have attitude. <laughs> that's what needs to happen. That'd they they need to, in, uh, maybe I need to like voice my attitude oh, into yeah. like voice samples into the thing. Um, I, cause I have noticed in some ways they do automate at least like the welcome message some, yeah. in some drive throughs or they're like, blah, blah, blah. Somebody will be with you in a moment. And then somebody says, okay, what can I get for you? <laughs> Here's a fun thing. The application that Wendy's, again, Wendy's has been working with Google on mm -hmm. digital data and AI and that kind of stuff really since 2000. Uh, 2001. Oh, wow. And, and so one of the things that, that, that they've been programmed into this new thing at the drive-thru is the program will be uh, designed to try to upsell customers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, offering, you want to supersize that Would you or like something? a larger Frosty? Um, so anyway, once the, the chatbot takes an order, it'll appear on the screen for the cooks. From there, the prepared meal is relayed to the pickup window, handed off by a driver, probably a robot in some near future, and you'll be on your way. Trick question. I yes. always want a larger Frosty. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. So you want to good. supersize that? Sure. Yeah. Just give me a bucket. <laughs> Just like team up with all the other fast food restaurants. And you know how they had like the fill my own uh, cup thing for uh, oh, 7-Eleven. Yeah. Slurpees. I just or want Frosties? like. No. What it was they? a Slurpees. Slurpees. Yeah, the 7-Eleven. Yeah. Um, I just want to get like the KFC bucket and just throw, <laughs> just give me all the burgers you can fit in this bucket. <laughs> like they got at the hardware store, anything you fit in the bag, you get percent off. Why can't they do the same thing with, uh, uh, with restaurants? I like that idea. Yeah, all you want. Better than artificial intelligence stuff, man. Let's let's see. This is real intelligence that'll help you. <laughs> uh, asked about how much Wendy's is spending on this new technology, they wouldn't say. Okay. Yeah, probably a lot. Probably a lot. Uh, so you want to check out uh, any business-related news, you can always find it at MoodyOnTheMarket.com and the Moody on the Market app. Your Moody on the Market update brought to you by Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles.